Truth helps us to be more loving and love helps us to be more truthful. These two things really do need to go together and they actually do serve one another. Hello, friend. You want to have great relationships, whether it's at home or work. And you want to have emotional health where you honor your thoughts and feelings and treat yourself with respect. You want to build teamwork and connection with your people. But all of those things depend on really good communication. And ah, communication, it can be a tricky business. So in this episode, you'll hear thoughts on how you can balance honesty with kindness, or you might say truth and love. Oh my gosh, do I need help on this topic. Recently, I've had several instances where I struggled between wanting to share something and not wanting to offend. And striking that balance has always been really hard for me. When it comes to communication, I've had all kinds of challenges from holding things in and then exploding in a hurtful way to saying things too quickly and unfiltered and hurting people's feelings that way to never communicating and almost harming myself and building up resentment and then every dysfunctional thing in between that I can think of. And as I was grappling with this, I thought of something my very wise pastor told me probably 15 years ago that stuck with me. He said that truth and love are like the sides of railroad tracks, and they need to be parallel to each other or it doesn't work. That was a really powerful metaphor in my mind, that those two things, truth and love or honesty and kindness, need to be in balance. So I reached out to him and asked him to share on this topic so we can make our communication both open and accurate, but also kind and encouraging so it strengthens our relationships and connections rather than driving a wedge between them. This will be the first conversation in a two-part series that we'll do diving into this topic. So let's dive right in. This is Doug Kyle. I'm uh, the pastor of Green Valley Church in San Diego, and I do a lot of premarital counseling, working with couples. It turns out that working in the church world, so much of it is relational. And so this topic has become really important to me as I, as I deal with, with other people about it. How did you first come to think about speaking the truth in love? And to realizing or the, the metaphor that you shared with me, that it's like railroad tracks. Yeah, I, I guess it was a long time ago that I, I first read the passage in Ephesians uh, 4.15 in the Bible that says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. And it's linked to personal and spiritual maturity, that somehow if we are going to grow up, if we're going to mature, if we're going to develop as individuals, we're going to have the capacity to speak both lovingly and truthfully. And it struck me that those concepts were often in tension. Often people tend to lean one way or the other, but it's important to do both. It's important to be both honest as well as kind in the way that we we talk to one another and deal with one another. So I think that's where it first came to, to mind. It's hard to keep them in perfect balance. How do you see that play out? Yeah, absolutely. We, I feel like as individuals, we tend to lean one way or the other. We tend to be a little bit more loving in our encounters with people or a little bit more truthful. And of course, 
you know, both are important, but we tend to have a tendency one way or the other. In culture, we combine the terms. We say things like, uh, I believe in tough love. And, uh, but I find that the people that say that are usually underscoring the word tough there and, and not so much love. <laughs> and, or I hear people say, you know, I, I found true love. And uh, there again, the two terms are combined, truth and love. But often someone who says that is really focusing more on the sentimentality of the relationship rather than the honesty in the relationship. But uh, so we, we tend to lean one way or another. And in reality, uh, we need to hold them together. We're only truthful when we're when we're loving and we're only loving when we're truthful. They're they're inseparably linked together. Do you have a tendency yourself toward one or the other? Yeah, I think that I am uh, the way I'm wired, I'm a little bit more uh towards the loving side rather than the truthful side. So how have you found a way to balance because I think I'm also on the loving side. If I'm afraid to hurt someone's feelings, I might not tell the whole truth. And what I think I've noticed is that I then hold in what I really feel and it ends up coming out in a big explosion in my case. Right, right, right exactly. So I'm wondering how to shift and keep those things in balance. Like what is the... Do you have a litmus test or a way of figuring out and checking that you're in the middle of the tracks? Yeah. Well, you first of all, it's just helpful to recognize that it's an important question to ask to to identify what you are. So even you and and I talking about this a little bit, we have a sense of where we fall on that scale. And maybe people listening would would, would do that too. They would kind of know, yeah, this is the side I am as well. I like to think about when I do premarital counseling, I like to think about it in terms of being either a confronter or an avoider, which is kind of the same idea. Avoiders, um, for the sake of peace, will compromise the truth and they're doing it for good motives. They're doing it because they, they feel like that's the most loving thing to do. Confronters, on the other hand, for the sake of, of solving an issue, will compromise love. And they also feel like they're doing it for a good and a noble reason. They're doing it because they, they want to pursue the truth. And so part of it is just to notice your own tendency. Am I more of an avoider? more of a confronter, which camp do I fall into? Sometimes we, uh, in relationship, we find uh, we tend to link in with people that are on the opposite side of us. So I often find in couples, in relationships, there's there's one that's more of an avoider and one that's more of a, uh, a confronter. So uh, I think there's a couple things uh, in mind that, that I found to that are valuable to kind of balance that out. Uh, first of all, kind of celebrate what you are. There are times when the way you lean towards is a really helpful situation. We need people uh, in our world that are focused on truth and honesty and accuracy and precision. And on the, the same hand, there are times that we really need people that are focused on love and unity and and um, connection and a, a, a sense of harmony and peace that 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 comes from being together. And that's important too. So first of all, realize what you are and then leverage it uh, in situations. Put yourself in situations where you can use that to your advantage. Uh, I'm thinking now of like your job or your volunteer work or your hobbies where your, your leaning could actually be an asset to what you do. 
So that that's the first thing. You don't always have to be balanced. I think being balanced is a little bit overrated sometimes. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it's, there's a benefit to lean into your strength. Uh, give you an example of this. If I am going to have a, um, a medical test done, I want my my um, receptionist to be kind, kind of maybe err on the side of being loving. I want my lab worker to be truthful. I want them to lean on the side of being accurate. And I want my doctor to be both loving and truthful, to be well balanced. So kind of know what you are and, and lean into that. Lisa, you and I both know that where where we really do need to be balanced is when it comes to those important relationships in our life. And when in those those key relationships in our lives, now balance is essential. And we can't just say, well, that's just the way I am. I tend to be more confrontational or I tend to be more of an avoider because both being overly confrontational or over, overly you know, a, a risk adverse or a, avoidance oriented is going to get us into trouble. And so that's really getting to the heart of your question. Where, how do we, how do we correct that? And uh, I think that comes down to um, to this. If you're an avoider, uh, that is, you kind of lean towards a side of love. You need to recognize that truth will help love succeed. You need to realize that that actually is is an important part of being loving is to being truthful. And if you're a confronter who tends to err on like, just be honest, maybe even brutally honest, you need to recognize that, that love will help you succeed in, uh, in solving the problem. And so you, you realize, you realize that you actually need the other component to really make you more successful at what you're trying to do. Um, confronters, need to learn to say, uh, say first, um, our relationship is strong. We're on the same page. Kind of emphasize the other side, the other position first, to start there in that relationship. And then those who are more avoiders need to learn to say, first of all, you know, I want to solve this. Uh, I want to fix this. I'm committed to a solution here and not just kind of going along, never letting things change. So you kind of start in the other camp uh, when, you're, when you're talking to, to the other person or when you're working with the other person. What I love about that is it seems like it can make the discomfort worth it if you know confrontation will serve love. There's this book called, I think it's called The Power of a Positive No. But his whole point is, if it's hard to say no, think of what it's in service of. Like, no, I can't be on the committee because my yes is I want to be there for my kid's soccer game. But it kind of flips it around. Yeah, you're looking at the goal. And the goal is to is to be both truthful and loving. And for the, you know, the avoider, they really are thinking, I just... This feels like a risk to me to go here because it's going to feel like it's going to disturb the love. It's going to unsettle it. But you can see that, no, if we are willing to go here and really wrestle with the problem, the issue, the the reality, the truth that's um, that's behind all of this, we will actually um, end up experiencing love at a deeper level. Uh, and the same is true with the confronter. If, you're, if, if the confronter is willing to first of all, focus on the importance of the relationship and the harmony in the relationship, then the the other person is going to be in a place where they're really ready to maybe solve those issues because it's going to be a safer place to do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, when 
somebody is flexing the less comfortable muscle. So let's say I need to deliver feedback that's not 100% glowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking of a work scenario, for example. Is there any guidance, and I don't know if there is, but how to find the line without crossing it and just feeling horrible <laughs> for not being encouraging? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so like I know for, for, for you and, and probably for me too, and those who, you, as soon as you know the side that you tend to lean towards, you're probably at no risk of, of, of ruining that. You, you, Lisa, will always be encouraging. You'll always be loving. You'll always kind of come across harmonious. And so there's no real risk that that's going to be compromised. The real risk is that you won't really say everything that you need to say. You'll, you may leave some things out at the, um, because it sounds like you're being too harsh. Um, so I, I don't think there's a there's a risk that you're going to cross the line. It's the the person who's on the other side who tends to be more confrontational. There's no risk for them that they're not going to say the important things that need to be said. The risk there is that they're going to not also add to it the uh, caring, kind, loving, and unifying things that would make the other person more receptive. Yeah. So we can err on the side of pushing out of our comfort zone. Yeah, I think you can. Uh, and part of it isn't just um, knowing who we are, but knowing who we're talking to. Let's say you're a unifier, uh, an avoider, and you're talking to someone who's confrontational. They will receive it more if you're if you're a little bit more blunt, if you're a little bit more honest, if you're a little bit more direct. They want that. That's what they 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 appreciate that in conversation. On the other hand, if you're talking to someone who is similar to you, who is also an avoider, well, then that that harmony, that 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 sense in which we're good, um, our relationship is strong. This isn't this conversation isn't a threat to our unity or our friendship is going to be important to lean into. So part of it isn't just knowing who you are, but it's knowing who you're talking to. How have you changed over the years as you've practiced this? I think I've been a little bit more comfortable with who I am, realizing that's just going to be my go-to. And I've I've learned to leverage that and be good with that because uh, whichever side you are, you're there, like I said earlier, there's some real advantages to that. So part of, I think over time, I've gotten more comfortable with who I am and not apologetic about it. Sometimes we realize there's all these things I need to work on. And you forget that uh, that both these sides are really good places to land. They're they're noble. Truth and love are both very admirable traits. So part of it is is getting comfortable with who I am. And secondly, is to pay, I've learned to pay more attention to the person I'm talking to, and not so much my needs in the conversation as what they need in the conversation. And when I when I do that, which is really just part of maturity and self-confidence and, and just, you know, being comfortable with who you are, uh, you really can focus on what they need. Do they need right now for me to jump to the, jump to the point and really, you know, get into the issue or do they need me to, um, put us at ease in in this conversation? Now I know the latter I'm always going to, I'm going to lean towards without even trying. So I, I, I have to discern, no, this person is going to actually feel better about this conversation if we just jump right into the issue. 
So you're better able to pay attention to the other side because you have less static within yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. It also just points back to the power of community as I hear you talking and that whether it's in partnership or congregation, but the fact that we all do have differences that we can serve with um, is a strength. And I, I like the idea of not just dismissing it because it's not exactly in the middle. Right. Each of us needs to take ownership for our own contribution to the conversation. And I'm not going to assume that the other person is uh, spending a lot of time thinking about whether how we can balance being truthful and loving in this. Uh, so I, I just need, have learned to take ownership for that and say, that's this is my responsibility in this. And usually that, that makes the conversation go a little better. These two things really do need to go together, and they actually do serve one another. Truth helps us to be more loving, and love helps us to be more truthful. And uh, we live in a day and age where publicly, online, with technology, there seems to be uh, an extreme emphasis on being honest and truthful uh, and blunt uh, to the point that it's actually pretty hurtful. Yeah, we've we've forgotten what it means to be kind and loving and and, and caring uh, for for people, as if the the people that we're dealing with publicly are not real people. Uh, surprisingly, on the other side, I've noticed that in face to face conversations with people or encounters, uh, we may be tend to be more too accepting and too kind uh, and unifying at the expense of being truthful. So we, we, need, we do need this more than ever in our, in our social situations, in our, in our life, in our world today. You know, it's so great that you mentioned that. I was just, a friend just told me that about this study where they had someone write reviews or feedback for different individuals. So they had them write the feedback, but the person wasn't there. Mm-hmm. These were, were supposedly to be posted online. And then they brought the person into the room. They were actually there on, on the premises, brought them in, and they asked the people to read their comments. And some people wouldn't even read their comment. They, wow. they couldn't even say it in the presence of the person. So they were so much more bold and so much more harsh when the person was an abstraction, but as soon as they were in front of them, they couldn't even bring themselves to, to share. And I think that's a little bit of what you're saying, that there's this big divide between online and feeling like we can say anything without – that's it's not really attached to a real human um, and then a completely different experience in person. That's such an interesting study. And, yeah, that that completely reinforces what we're saying. We need to bring those two things together when we're when we're not face to face with people and we tend to be a little bit more blunt and honest uh kindness and love should should infuse those conversations and when we're face to face with people and we tend to avoid being blunt and honest and, and focus more just on being kind and nice and and relational in that situation we need to bring a little bit more honesty and um and truth to that environment so much good stuff to think about. I'm really moved by the idea that as I work on this balance, where I can practice is when I'm face-to-face, really leaning into being more open and transparent, where it's less likely or more difficult for me to do that. 
And then when I'm in an email or a text or online and social media, where it might be easier to be more blunt, to work on being more kind. So I think that'll be a really fun place to just start and practice. What are your biggest takeaways? And I'm curious, do you have a sense of where you fall on the spectrum? Is it more natural for you to be more honest and blunt or more gentle and kind, but maybe not completely forthcoming? I loved how Pastor Doug said that we don't necessarily need to always be exactly in balance, but that we can actually lean on our strengths and leverage those. And I love the idea that within a partnership or a community, if we're each bringing our little bit different place on that spectrum, we can balance each other out. That's one of the things I really think is so beautiful about community. I'm really grateful to Pastor Doug and all that he has taught me over these many years. So a very special thanks to him for his generosity in sharing with us on this episode. I'm so grateful for your help spreading the word about this podcast, which is a passion project and a nonprofit 501c3. Thank you for spending your time learning alongside me. And until next time, lots of love. Mm -hmm.